another Wizards After Dark. I'm in Boston where the Wizards just lost. 107 to 96. That was a hell of an opener. It was a great opener. Actual. I'm I'm very that's just how I'm opening these because it's just consistent. Yikes, guys, isn't enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, this this wasn't like horrible. I'm Fred Katz, by the way. I cover the Wizards for the Athletic. I'm the host of Wizards After Dark. And you're Jay King, and you cover the Celtics for the Athletic. We are athletic. We are athletic. Uh, 107.96. Bradley Beal had 29, 11, and 6, and it just kind of looked like Bradley Beal versus the Celtics. Celtics yeah, had much. <laughs> Celtics had a bunch of guys who did stuff. Uh, what do we? What? It was such an ugly game. It was hideous, especially when Beal was off the court. Oh man! The stretch in the second quarter, the first three minutes, when the Celtics didn't score. And the Wizards only scored like two points and were just chucking up contested threes and could not get into the paint no matter what. There that, were, was, that was why I decided to love basketball many <laughs> years ago. <laughs> there were so many uh, scoring droughts. The Wizards started the game with like a ridiculous scoring drought. Where the, what, they start 0 for 10 or something, 0 for 8, whatever it was. The Wizards in the middle of the fourth quarter decided to just turn the ball over every single time they touched it. Yep, that was a 4-minute, 21-second scoring drought. Yeah, and it was it was like eight shots, four or five turnovers. They had four straight turnovers, I think, on four straight possessions. And that it was, was that was so the game ugly. right there. That was the yeah. game. Wizards were sort of not sort of, they were I think ahead by one. Yeah. And then Celtics ratcheted up the defense. They put a lot of pressure on Bradley Beal and Boston finally got a little bit of offense just by dunks and layups. The garden cheered for the first time in like two weeks it was pretty loud the noise meter kind of worked yeah the noise meter always gets the people rocking and then and then when there's a dunk on top of it you can't you can't do the noise meter in in dc i think it'd be too depressing people would rebel against the noise meter <laughs> well just like the noise meter is good when it works and when it doesn't work it's like you know, they're like, come on, stand up. Like, you know, okay, like Brooklyn. You know, like the end of the third quarter. All right, Brooklyn, we may be down, but we're not out. Brooklyn, stand up. At the end of every third quarter that they're losing, they do that. And no one cheers. And it is really depressing. Yeah, you got to know your, know your crowd. Yeah. Wizards fans don't cheer. That's fair. It, that was louder than it's been in any Wizards game this year, so you can't really do that at a Wizards game. What did you think of the way the Celtics defended Beal? Uh, I mean, it's kind of the only way you can defend Beal, or, right? Like, just send a lot of bros at him. There were times where they were sending three bros at yeah, him. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> he has no, he has no bros on his team, so... <laughs> it, was, it was insane. Like, no one... Trevor Ariza could not buy a shot tonight. And they missed some open ones, too. Yeah. Jeff Green missed open ones. Beal even. I mean, Beal played very well, but, like, even he missed some open ones. Yeah, they, they sold out to stop Beal. Still didn't really stop Beal, and nobody else got going. I'm surprised Jabari Barker, Parker's line looks as good as it did, though he had four turnovers. I, I felt like he was not great, Bob, but... 12 points. That's the Jabari Parker experience. And four assists. And five rebounds. You got a hell of a game. Jabari will make good passes. Like, he had a dime to the corner to Wes Johnson, which Wes then missed that shot. 
Wes had like, a tough shooting night. Yeah. He was he, wide open every time, I felt like. He was wide open. He missed a bunch. Jeff Green. Jeff Green missed one where he caught the ball, looked to his right and his left as if he was about to cross the street. No one bothered to close out on him. He then just dribbled to compose himself. Still nobody came. You ever seen that uh, Andre Blatch clip where he was playing in the Chinese All-Star game? Oh, yes. And he bends over and he brushes the floor in front of him? Oh, Jeff yes. Green did the NBA equivalent of that and then missed it. It's like they just couldn't hit 10 for 38 from three. They just couldn't hit open shots. Yeah, it was Celtics starting lineup really got the best of the Wizards. They were, which, I mean, Considering how well Beal played, it's kind of wild that the entire starting five was at least minus 11. How do you feel about Scal coming on the Wizards, Brian Scalabrini coming on the Wizards broadcast and comparing Bradley Beal to Kobe Bryant? That's I, I did not see that clip. Uh, seems like an ambitious comparison. He said that uh, the Ray Allen comparisons are not enough, and he compared him to Kobe. <laughs> I love that move. Yeah. I'm all I'm it's all great. in on that move. He's been learning from Tommy Heinz. But Beal. Tommy Heinz normally makes those only for Celtics players. So Scal is is changing it up a little bit, going for the opposing team's players and just hyping them up. Beal had a great quote about it after the game. He was asked about it. He said, well, he's the Red Mamba, so you would know. <laughs> it's just, I guess, the best way to deflect in, in, in that situation. Yeah. Just say, say it. it's the truth. If, if the Mamba says it, it's true. You think the Wizards have any chance of making the playoffs? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a simple no for me. You could, yeah, you could not have changed your demeanor less during that, during that answer. No, they're, they're, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're four back right now. They just don't have the roster. You think they have a better chance of making the playoffs or getting into top five lottery positioning? Probably top five lottery position because they have zero chance of making the playoffs. They're closer. I think they're they're about the same. So the Hawks just Hawks just lost in quadruple overtime. Yeah, that's that's a tough loss. Trey Young is so good, dude. Yeah, it's funny because everyone hurried up and was like, "They're so dumb for trading for Trey Young. They're so dumb for trading away Luca." And granted, Luca's fantastic as well and could very well end up being the better player. But Trey Young is going to be very damn good too. He's, he's going to be awesome. I'm a big Trey Young. I've always been a big Trey Young guy. Yeah, I like Trey Young. Even when he was shooting like crap at the beginning of the season, the guy can really pass the rock, and he's a, a capable enough shooter that you knew at some point he was going to start making those. He's he's a wild passer. Yeah, he's an insane passer. He's going to be the best point guard passer in the NBA at some point in his career. He will be the best point guard passer in the NBA. I. It's my take. What it's about Luke? Take. Not point guard. Luke, I think Luke is a point guard. Not really. He doesn't guard point guards. If you don't guard point guards, you're not a point guard. How is so? LeBron's not a point guard. No. James Harden's not a point guard. Not if he doesn't guard point guards. So what? I just don't understand what constitutes a point guard. That's a lead ball handler. Ooh. Like there's a difference between a lead ball handler and a point guard. Fred just like leaned in. It yeah, got, yeah. Got real serious I'm, about I'm, this. I'm going to I just. I literally leaned in. I literally turned my body to you and leaned in. I'm intimidated now. Yeah, that's I, that's a lead ball handler. I got to back down. It's, you think LeBron's a point guard? Yeah, I think he's a point guard. I think Harden's a point guard. I think who else is like a weird 
oversized point guard. Luca. Um, to me, like if you run an offense, you're a point guard. Jokic. Jokic is Jokic, Jokic a point guard. Jokic is a point guard. <laughs> that's that's what I'm thinking of too. You think Jokic is a point guard? Jokic is the doughiest point guard who ever lived, <laughs> except for Raymond Felton. Yeah, I was gonna say. Khalid Alamine, shout out to UConn. <laughs> Yo- Jokic is a wild passer. Jokic might be the best passer in the league. He's my favorite passer in the league. He's also going to be the best passing point guard. Sorry to Trey Young. <laughs> so, so when people say that Jokic is the best passing big man ever, they're wrong. Well, he's also a big because he's the best. <laughs> he's also a big man. And a point guard. He's yeah. all the positions. He's all the positions. Big man and a point guard. <laughs> I'm glad we're talking about Jokic and Trey Young because this game was just terrible. I'm just looking at the stats and all the three pointers that were missed. And Marcus Morris is three for 11, which was hilarious because he missed so many that when he finally made one, he just stared up into the rafters so long that Brad Stevens had to literally shove him back on defense. Oh, that was amazing. That was incredible. That was maybe my favorite moment of the entire year. <laughs> Brad being like, you're an idiot right now, Marcus. Just go back on defense. <laughs> we get it. You made a shot. It's awesome. But please just go back on defense. Mark, Marcus <laughs> Smart and Bradley Beal are the only two people who could put the ball through the basket. You know what I really enjoy? Speaking of not running back on defense. So there was a play tonight where the Wizards had like a 14-second possession where Jeff Green just did not run back on offense, like didn't cross half court. And I think Jeff Green, more than any player I've ever seen, which just adds to the Jeff Green, adds to the, Jeff, the legend of Jeff Green, like a lot of guys don't run back on defense, right? Like that's like a thing where like a lot of guys don't run back on defense. I think Jeff Green runs back on offense less than any player I've ever seen. I've never understood that. Like, why? I've seen Amir Johnson used to do that, too. Yeah. Amir used to just, like, stand at the opposite free throw line and say that... Cherry picking on defense. If he was going to conserve energy, it was going to be on offense. I, that was never my mentality as a player. <laughs> it is uh, bizarre to me when guys don't do that. But, NBA, how many minutes did Jeff Green play? 33 minutes. Sometimes you just need to take a break. I, I couldn't believe that uh, Brooks actually sat Bradley Beal in the second half. We're at that yeah, point. Yeah. Why does he keep playing the entire second half? Well, he sat for like four minutes tonight, three minutes in the second half. And that that's like a a good change. He's he's played he played the entire second half in Charlotte last week. You know what I I say why. Are they playing him so many minutes? They are trying to make the playoffs. Even if they shouldn't, they're trying. Yeah. And the lineups that did not have him in it were just abominable. I mean, I looked out at the court. <laughs> and, I, and I just knew nothing good was going to happen. <laughs> it was, I would, I would, as a coach, I'd be like, God damn it. We're playing him another 24. <laughs> what do you think of Troy Brown? He looked pretty good. He's actually playing. He wasn't playing for the first, like, 60 games. He had, I forget what great defensive play he had, but he had one very nice defensive play. He almost 
dunked on like two dudes. Almost dunked on two dudes. Shot it pretty well. Hit the the one step back over. I think it was Tatum, which is a really tough shot. I I became a Troy Brown guy tonight. Wow, that that's the huge development from tonight. Is that what we're hot taking? I became a Troy Brown guy. Yeah, that, that's my hot take of the night. Is uh is Troy Brown a wing or a point guard? Troy Brown is not a point guard. Wesley Johnson also not a point guard. Wesley Johnson's a big man. Yeah, Mahindi, likely not a likely not a point guard, but you don't know. Because there are some possessions where... GMP coach's decision, you, you don't see, didn't see him out there tonight, potentially trying his hand at PG. Okay, J- Jason Tatum, point guard? No. Nope. <laughs> Kyrie Irving <laughs> is a point guard. Though. So let's say, let's say Kyrie's not playing and Rozier starts. Is Jason Tatum then a point guard? No, Marcus Smart is. Then Marcus Smart is a point guard. Yeah, Marcus Smart's point guard. Or Gordon Hayward. If, he, if he's in there, he's the point guard. I'm enjoying the uh, the looseness of your point guard definition. Whoever runs the offense. It's very, it's very positionless of you. See, I really wouldn't consider Jokic a point guard, but... But you have to stubbornly once, once, because... Once I, had, once I set the <laughs> Yeah, the you have to consider him a point guard. Jokic is a point so, guard. So, like, what other big man would be point guards then? Like, uh, Blake would be a point guard. Blake is a point guard. Then Blake would be a point guard. Blake may actually be a point guard, though. Like, Blake actually brings the ball up and stuff. Yeah. Blake's, Blake's a point forward. Blake, Jokic, Horford every once in a while. Horford's, Horford's playing okay lately. He's been so much better since he got healthy. Mm-hmm. When he was not right early in the year, it really hurt them. You think, um, you think the Celtics are going to make noise? I mean, they'll make noise one way or another. It will be noisy. <laughs> they, they've had a noisy season already. Uh, I, I still think, my two thoughts on this. One, they have been bad enough during this regular season that they may just be what they are. I didn't think that for a while. Their net rating is still, like, fourth in the league. Their defense is still top five in the league. Like, there are still indicators that suggest they can actually play basketball. But they've been bad enough for stretches where it's like this team, there's something going on with this team that beyond just, like, like whether it's guys just frustrated that they aren't living up to expectations or whatever, they have just been... Uh, uh, it's been a tense locker room. Uh, I'll put it that way. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they stay underwhelming. But I also think their roster's built for the playoffs. They have versatile players. They have no one in their rotation you can target. They have Kyrie, who's probably the best isolation scorer in the Eastern Conference. They have Horford, who's a nightmare matchup for Brooke Lopez. And, and for Embiid. And for Embiid. Like, in their most important matchups, he's as good as they could want at that position for those exact matchups. So they have a chance to go to the finals. Now, I don't know how big that chance is. I don't know if they'll ever remove the stink that has... Envelop them 
for the last few weeks and chunks of the season, but I, I don't know. I have no idea what to think of this team anymore. No clue. They're so weird. They're just a bizarre, bizarre squadron of individuals. They're so weird. They're like, at different points this season, both the Wizards and the Celtics have been the worst body language teams in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. In the Celtics, it's like, sometimes like, why? Like, yeah. they won eight straight games, and then they lost a couple, and they just snapped again. They won a bunch in a row, and then, like, every time they go on a losing skid, it's just like, Spirals and they just go crazy. Yeah, those are the those are the body language stamps, right? Like uh, you pull the thread and it starts to yeah unravel. Doesn't take that much to pull a thread when the thread's already hanging, you know? Yeah, yeah. They you can pull that thread pretty easy so far to the point where they were talking about putting some soul back in the shit. I love that. The great quote, Marcus Morris. He's such a Morris. He is a Morris. He's, he's such a Morris. He is definitely a Morris. Uh, we got anything else from this game? Uh, really emotional return for me. It was. This really is big first, deal. I covered so many games in this building. First Celtics game <laughs> you covered since getting the job and then moving on from the job. <laughs> it's true. It was my first Celtics game in Boston since becoming a, a Celtics beat writer. <laughs> That is lunacy. It really is lunacy. It was it was a really really big deal for me. I've been looking I've been looking forward to this, sir. No, I've got to congratulate you on Twitter for that after this podcast. Yeah, that deserves a Twitter <laughs> shout out. It was a big milestone for you. It's a really emotional night for me. I know how Sheed feels when he goes back to Atlanta now. Question: Do you think Bobby Portis should be starting over Thomas Bryant? Um, yeah, sure. Whatever. Sure, like. I have no problem with it. Thomas Bryan has no problem with it. I have no problem with it. Uh, he's he's a free agent. He, Thomas Bryan's 21 and they won development, but Bryan's a free agent too. It's not like Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis is 23 years old. Like, he's two years older than them. He's fine. He's probably, probably a better player. Thomas Bryan, I think, they're super similar. Like, Right they're both kind of. I, I read your stories, Brad. <laughs> they're both like burst scorers, and they shoot the three a little bit. And Portis is more post oriented, but like Bryant's a little more pick and roll oriented. But like they're pretty similar. Brooks doesn't. Brooks definitely doesn't think they can play together. Like he just thinks defensively the look is awful, so they can't play together. And so I don't know what the hell that means for free agency because what are you going to pay none of those other bros can really play together either <laughs> so you got Mahimi on the books for 15 and a half mil next year we were talking about this the Wizards probably have like some of the most dead money contracts in the league yeah well so think about just the centers because you got Mahimi on the books for 15 and a half mil next year Dwight there's a very decent chance that he ends up picking up that player option for 5-7 so right there, you're over $20 million between those two guys at the center position. You got Portis as a free agent. You got Brian as a free agent. Now, this front office, I think, wants to re-sign Portis because they say they made the Porter trade not just to get off money, but because they, they like those guys. Uh, they say they want to sign Bobby Portis. Ernie told me in a Q&A they want to re-sign Bobby Portis, and that part of the reason they wanted to get off Otto's money was so they could use it to re-sign Thomas Bryan and Thomas Adoransky. 
I don't think Thomas Bryan is going to command a ton of money. But let's say he gets $5 million and restricted. He probably won't. So what do you think he gets? Three or four. Make the numbers easy. Let's say five. All right, we'll go five. That's $25 million you're giving your centers. Bobby Portis reportedly turned down, what was it, $12 million a year? Between, between, it, was, it was four years between 40 and 50 in the extension. He turned that down and he won $16 million. I don't think he's going to get $16 million, but let's just say that he gets what the Bulls offered him in an extension. Now you're playing, you're paying like almost $40 million, 35 to $40 million to Bobby Portis, Thomas Bryant, Jan Mahimi, Dwight Howard. Literally none of those four guys can play with, the other, with any of those other four. It's too bad they won't pick up Jabari Parker's option because <laughs> that's that con- just wild that roster. Contract, that contract would add to it. That's just wild roster composition. <coughs> Somebody just screamed up. Oh my god, what was that? <laughs> I hope I hope the people could hear that. I hope that got picked up. That's just something loud is happening out there. That is that's wild roster composition. That's crazy. Did something happen with the Lakers game? I don't know. Is that, is that what happened? I Maybe. Gotta check, I got to check Twitter. Maybe. Use Echo Phone? Yeah. That's old school. Bledsoe just gave their whole team a swirly. This is riveting podcasting. <laughs> I'm, I'm checking Twitter. Yeah. This is crazy good podcasting. Brilliant podcasting, really. I, I like how I've, I've said wild roster composition two times and and we haven't even discussed John Wall coming back from an Achilles who's about to start his contract extension we're really depressing my listeners (laughs) right now (laughs) my listeners are still somehow listening to this right now The the center thing just just baffles me because if you don't think that Portis and Bryant can play together and you think Portis is a full time five Next year, if they bring those guys back, is going to have you're forty-eight gonna, minutes of great centers. You're, you're you got to play Dwight. Like you have him, you have to play him. Can you trust I, him at this point, though, to even be on the court? No, probably not. No, not after that injury. Yeah, they say they think he's going to come back this year. They've been saying that all year, that they think he's going to come back. Why would you ever play him? What do they have, 19 games left, 20 games left? No, what are they? they 25 and 37. So 20 games. Yeah. That was a quick addition. <laughs> Some subtraction quick in there? and subtraction. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Good for us. Yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, why would you play him? They think he's going to help, and they want to make the playoffs. Just because. The answer is they think he's going to help, and they want to make the playoffs. Uh, I personally would just take the most conservative road. Why? And, and look, he may be pushing the play, too. And if he's cleared and he wants to play, you kind of have to. Like he may, Why? He may be pushing to do it. He may be pushing to do it. Like, I, I don't have an – that's not a report, by the way. I don't have an indication he's pushing for it. To a, to a point that he's, like, hamstringing them or anything like that. But just, like, if I'm Dwight and I am I think I'm healthy and he – I bet you he thinks he has a chance to get more money than the player option if he balls out for eight games, which I don't know if that's true or not, but I bet you he believes that. He might be pushing for it. 
If I'm the Wizards, I'm like, you're probably picking up the player option regardless. Just like, there can't be a risk of you re-aggravating this again. Like, you got to just sit it out. But, look, they they have been banging this drum all year. They think Dwight Howard helps them. And they want to make the playoffs. So, here's Dwight Howard. And Jason Randall. And Wesley Johnson. And Bobby Portis. And sometimes Sam Decker. <laughs> All right. Tell tell my listeners where they can find uh, your work. Find me at The Athletic. Follow me on Twitter at ByJKing. Love me anywhere. <laughs> Love me anywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> I just want to say before we go that Fred has fantastic socks on. They are purple and blue and checkered and beautiful. They're good. Yeah. I have a good sock game. I do not. My, I'm into... My sock game is suspect. I'm into a good sock game. Uh, subscribe to Wizards After Dark on iTunes. Give us five stars. Leave a good review. Subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, and I will be back Sunday. Timberwolves. Sunday at home. Nice little homestand coming up. Not for me. Only like uh, five or six days on the road in uh, the next three weeks. I'll leave Monday for Golden State, Sacramento, L.A. Clippers, and L.A. Lakers. That's a fun road trip, though. Yeah, so this thing, they needed this win. You guys have, like, five days in L.A. They needed the win against the Wizards so badly because Rockets Sunday and then that trip. Things could have gotten ugly. They still could. They still could. They, they still, still could. could. Anything's on the table. All right, I'll be back Sunday after the Wolves game. I'll talk to you guys then.